Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Can't say this is not an exciting day. <laughs> Forget it's been an exciting week. We have the Alabama election, Jones and Moore for the United States Senate. Uh, I'm surprised that they still are not out there with more information on TV tonight. The, the voting ends at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and they really don't have much going yet. Uh, I'm curious to see the result. They say that not only is the United States curious to see the result, but the whole world is waiting. And the reason they're waiting is because they want the world wants to know what the moral fiber of the United States is. Has it changed? If so, what has it become? Isn't that a sad commentary? Now, what happened today that was of interest in that regard? Uh, you've got the election. I, something I, I got to tell you about Roy Moore, and, and this bothers me. Uh, a couple of things here. Last night, is, well, he and his wife were on TV. Apparently, the word has been that they are anti-Semitic. So the wife said, in effect, some of our best friends are Jews. Well, you and I know when someone says some of our best friends are, they don't like that group. So that didn't go over very well. The other thing, and this is something I, I just I can't understand. Here is a man, Roy Moore, who hates gays, he hates Jews, and he hates blacks. He hates them, no questions, gays, Jews, and blacks. But he likes little girls. And he may very well be elected to the United States Senate today. Would you believe a man who hates people hates ethnics, hates, he's a racist, he's anti-Semitic, but he likes 13 and 14-year-old girls, may very well be on his way to Washington. The other thing is our, our esteemed President Donald Trump, I say that with tongue-in-cheek, uh, he insulted the hell out of Senator Karen Gillibrand of New York this morning. She's leading the war for the women against the men on the sexual harassment thing. And yesterday she and several other senators and congresswomen got together and they said, Mr. President, you should resign or you should be called to task because now we've got senators and congressmen resigning, being questioned about their past sex lives. We know you've had one, but you're not paying. You're not being called to explain. You're not being called to judgment like everyone else, and it isn't fair. So what does Trump say about her today? In effect, he said that she was an easy piece of ass, excuse the way I put it, because he said she would come into him looking for uh, financial contributions for a race, 
And you know what he said? He said, and I quote, she would do anything for campaign contributions. She would do anything for campaign contributions. He insults her. I mean, this is this is about one of the worst things you can say about a woman. He's calling her a pig. Uh, and yet he gets away with it. I, I absolutely do not understand this crap. Uh, it's, and as Senator Gillibrand said this morning, she says, it's a sexist smear. She'll handle it, she'll deal with it, and she'll stand up and fight and continue fighting. But it is a sexist smear. Would you like someone saying that about your daughter or your wife? You know, Even if it's true, you don't talk about people like that. All right, moving on here. I want to talk now about women. Recall, this month, 1972, seems like a long time ago, but it was just yesterday, Helen Reddy's song, I Am Woman. Do you remember the song? Tremendous song. What dynamic impact it had. I am woman, you are man. It hit the top of the pop charts, okay? It was the perfect song at the perfect time for the burgeoning woman's movement. It was a beginning, part of the beginning. Helen Reddy is recognized as a feminist icon. The song, I Am Woman, was one for personal or of personal empowerment. A song about female identity. I, I, I bring it to your attention tonight uh, because we're feeling it today. It's out there with this movement of that women are involved in and sexual harassment. This whole thing is reflected in our culture today. That song is reflected in our culture today. I am woman, and let me tell you something, friends. They're on their march, and women, when women get going... You can't stand in their way. They're going to stop right over you. They're going to overpower you, and they're going to make their points. Now, I how do I approach this one? The Department of Defense, the Pentagon. Um, about two years ago, I wrote an article on this. I don't know if it was the newspaper or where in the blog, but I wrote an article. And I said, you know, the Department of Defense cannot account for billions of dollars every year. They don't know where it went. I said at the time, and I, I thought since, uh, that where does the money go? Well, it goes to pay warlords in Afghanistan and other places places where we want our side on our side we pay them 25 50 million dollars and they're our friends for six months then somebody pays them more and they switch to the other side and they don't talk about how they spent this money uh our department of defense um uh, then you have uh i i thought and i said it at the time and i say it now that some of our military might be on the take you say oh that's terrible. I know some people commented two years ago. How can you say that? That our generals, etc., might be on the take. Disgraceful. Well, we have a perfect example in the past couple of months. Michael Flynn, a general in the United States Army, grabbed $15 million from Turkey. Okay? 
And that wasn't the only place where it, no, it was 500-some-odd-thousand. It was part of a deal where he'd make $15 million. He was on the take. It's been in the papers. You know, if it's one, it could be another. I don't know why we should look upon military people any cleaner than anyone else that lives in our society, any type of professional or operative. Uh, it happens. It happens. And they can't account for those billions of dollars. And they still don't try to account for those billions of dollars. But the Department of Defense advised last week that they were going to run an audit. Yes, and it's the first time they're running an audit. And and it's a joke uh, because it's not an audit of the money. It's an audit of their assets. It's like an inventory. How many planes, how many tanks, how many helmets, how many guns, et cetera, et cetera. And they estimate that this audit's going to cost $2.4 trillion, and it's going to take 2,400 auditors to conduct this, in effect, is an inventory. Uh, I'd rather know where the hell the money goes every year that they can't account for. Forget the machinery. That's probably being sold off, too. Uh, but they're, they're going to do an audit because they really don't know what they have. Well, I thought it was strange they're doing this kind of an audit. I thought it was strange they're not doing where the bucks go type audit. And here, yesterday, three or four days after this announcement came out that I just shared with you, the Department of Defense further advised, by the way, this audit's going to include soldiers, how many soldiers we got, Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force, where they are, et cetera, that they have lost, I'm laughing already, they've lost 44,000 soldiers. We have 44,000 soldiers in our military that we can't account for. The Pentagon says we just can't track them. They keep records in the Pentagon uh, about our soldiers by name by name, by number and everything else, under country location, meaning where are they now? And these 44,000, you know how they are labeled underneath country location? Unknown. They don't know where the hell 44,000 of our military are. And they say there is no way to track all of the soldiers because we have so much deployment. The government can't do it. Nobody can do it. This whole thing, it bothers me. It bothers me that we lose 44,000 men. We don't know where the hell they are. It bothers me that we lose billions of dollars every year. And it bothers me that we're losing a lot of goods, airplanes, ships, and everything else. That we, we don't know where the hell they are, and we're going to figure it out now. Very efficient government. The government was always efficient. It hasn't in the last... 20 years, it's become very inefficient. We're having some fun, or we had some fun in Key West this past week. Uh, we're making a movie here. It's We've had other movies made here, but this one has taken on um, a sense of fun, merriment, enjoyment. It brings to Key West, he's been here two weeks, to star Michael McConaughey. He's the guy who sells Lincolns on television. Michael McConaughey. Uh, the name of the movie is Beach Bum. It's being filmed in Miami and Key West. Uh, starring with him is 
Snoop Dogg. I never knew Snoop Dogg till I, I, I learned about this movie. D-O-G-G. He's a star rapper. Uh, the beach bum, uh, he plays a, uh, a beach bum. He's always stoned. He's a pothead. And he does what he wants, when he wants. He lives his life. His name, his name, by the way, I didn't give you his name. Oh, my God, Michael McConaughey's name in the movie is Moondog. Moondog lives his life by his own rules. He's a rebellious and loving rogue who lives life large. A movie critic said he was born to play this role. Now, everyone in Key West has caught sight of him, uh, you know, making the movie, but Lewis here. Uh, I missed him at the golf course the other day. He was filming there. Uh, I missed him at the Hemingway house where he was filming. And then I was at the chart room in the evening, and I left about 7.30, and they tell me that at 9 o'clock the word came in that he was on Duval Street McConaughey filming. Uh, He was dressed with a captain's cap, Navy cap. Uh, His hair is long. He had a woman's dress on, and he was wearing white sneakers, and he was pushing a wheelbarrow full of marijuana and cellophane bags. I'm laughing. And he was running down the middle of the street from Sloppy Joe's to St. Paul's Church and back to Sloppy Joe's, evading the police. Uh, a lot of people got out to watch it. I didn't. I saw it. Uh, it's on uh, YouTube. Uh, there's a video, but a friend of mine went, uh, Kevin Malloy, and he took the picture on his cell phone, and I saw it the next night in the chart room. So we're having an exciting time here. A lot of locals have been hired uh, to work as extras. They're looking for men with beards, which leaves me out. Uh, but it, it, And everyone's talking about them, and it's a fun thing. And it's a healthy thing, and God bless us all. I can't wait to see the movie when it comes out next year. Uh, I want to briefly talk about Eugene Robinson and Richard Cohn. Both are uh, writers. They're both columnists for the Washington Post. Uh, By the way, Eugene Robinson, if you don't know, comes down here for at least one month, sometimes two months every year. Uh, He and his wife, uh, she's a a painter of some uh, note. She comes down and paints. Uh, He comes down and relaxes. Uh, he talks before a few organizations. I was fortunate to hear him talk last year. Very impressive man. Very simple man. Very humble man. Funny as hell. Okay. Oh, Eugene Robinson. He said this past week in one of his columns, the party of Lincoln has devolved into the party of Trump. The party of Lincoln has devolved into the party of Trump. And if you think about it, it's true. The GOP, the grand old party, now belongs to Trump. And a perfect example of it is the tax bill going through the Senate. It finally passed the Senate. Uh, Orrin Hatch, 40 years a senator from the state of Utah the longest-serving Republican senator in the United States Senate. I always had great respect for Orrin Hatch. As he's gotten older, he has not been as much up front or vocal as he has in past years. Uh, 
I thought he was presidential timber 20 years ago, even though he's a Republican. It uh, turns out that every vote was important. Hatch all of a sudden got involved in this tax fight on the floor of the Senate and was very outspoken, very outspoken in his support of it. And he's trying to demean some Democratic senators because they said the Republicans don't care about the poor people. Now, remember, one of the expressions Hatch said, I was one of the poor people. My family was low middle class. And I had to smile when he said that because I wish my family had been low middle class. We were poor people, as most people in this country were. He did not know poverty or having to do without low middle class. Anyhow, the day after the tax bill passed, or two days after, Warren, Warren Hatch got a ride on Air Force One with the president to Utah, and the president released two million acres of nationally protected lands, you know, forests, mountains, and everything else. Uh, and this is something that apparently the people of Utah have wanted for years because they want to commercialize much of those 2 million acres. There's gas and there's coal on the land. Can you imagine? They're going to they're gonna dig for coal in Utah. My God, there's no market for coal today. All the industries that relied on coal, because they couldn't use it anymore, it was too expensive because of environmental laws, have gone to other means. They've rebuilt their plants and everything else. They're not going to spend the money to go back to coal, but this is going to be a big deal. I don't believe they're going to get any place. But Hatch did something, and he was on TV in Utah with the president, their arms around each other. He sold himself out. 30 pieces of silver, in my opinion, for his vote on the tax bill that serves only the rich and not the 99%. Then, and so it shows you, Trump's taken over the Republican Party. I don't know how the hell he did it in such a short period of time. He does control the Republican Party. Then there is this Richard Cohn, another columnist, and he had some interesting comments about what has happened to our country in the past uh, few months and Trump's involvement one way or another. And here are three lines from his column that I found very uh, right on, uh, on point. He said uh, that Trump, and I quote, has made us a meaner, smaller Place. Trump has made us a meaner, smaller place. Well, I don't agree with that. I think we started becoming a smaller, meaner place 20 years ago when the parties forgot they were supposed to talk to each other in Congress and everything else, bipartisanship, uh, and everything started becoming a party line. Everybody became hard-ass, and it's, it was already there before Trump came in. Trump's made it worse because for some reason his Republicans are dancing to his tune. And uh, I don't know how he does it. (laughs) I don't think he even, I think they patronize him. They bullshit him. They make him feel like a king and he gives them anything they want. The other, another thing uh, Cohen said was that moral principle, moral principle has been replaced by political cowardice. 
moral principle has been replaced by political cowardice. He was referring, referring obviously, to Alabama and the Republicans supporting Roy Moore for the United States Senate, a man who it is claimed is, was guilty of pedophilia, likes young girls, likes older women, uh, a man who hates Jews, hates blacks, hates gays, does not belong in the United States Senate. But party not supported him. The president supported him. Even Steve Bannon supported him, who has been one of the men responsible for leading down, Trump down this merry way. Uh, and the other thing is that he said, Cohen, and I quote, this is America's darkest hour. This is America's darkest hour. I believe that. I believe what is happening today with Trump is worse than anything that happened under Nixon and Watergate. The two are not comparable. The day will come before his term is over, this first term, I don't believe you will see a second one, where uh, he's going to get impeached, and deservedly so. Want to talk about the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, the Lord's Prayer and President Pope. I am an admirer of President Pope. I'm not President Pope. I'm sorry, Pope Francis, my God, President Pope. I, I'm talking about Pope Francis. I'm an admirer of Pope Francis. I believe that most people uh, are admirers of his, regardless of religion. The man's just a simple, humble Christian. Uh, he, he, he's God-like, in my opinion. He's Jesus Christ-like. Anyhow, that doesn't mean I have to agree with everything he does. Now, the Lord's Prayer has been around for 2,000 years. Uh, it's, it's not only Catholics who recite the Lord's Prayer, the Protestants and Orthodox Christians do also. Uh, it's, it's just a big deal. <laughs> well, the Pope says, hey, he says there's a line in there that isn't correct. Lead us not into temptation. I repeat, lead us not into temptation. Because if you listen to the words, lead us not into temptation, they're talking to God. When you're praying the Lord's Prayer, you are talking to God. And you're suggesting that God would lead you into temptation into doing bad things. Well, it isn't God who leads us into temptation, the Pope says. It's the devil. And uh, we've got to change this after 2,000 years. Whoever thought of this after 2,000 years? Uh, again, the words of Christ. Interestingly, for the last several years, there's been a movement underway in the Catholic Church to change the wording. France and Spain, their Catholic Church, which is part of the Roman Catholic Church, have already changed the wording so it doesn't it reads the devil in effect. Uh, and the Pope is merely supporting a movement in the church that's been underway couple of thoughts. The last time my church, I'm a Roman, I'm a Catholic, the last fallen away one, but I am a Catholic, I believe. The last time my church did something, they changed the Latin Mass, which I grew up with. I was an altar boy. I used to recite the responses in Latin. I was a choir boy. I sang the songs in Latin. Pange, lingua, all this stuff. Uh, 
they changed everything to English, from Latin to English. I can't, I couldn't understand why. Uh, and the other thing was they turned the altar around. Instead of the priest facing the wall with his back to uh, the people in church, they now built a small altar there where he faced directly the people. And then, and then, on top of it all, they required that we sing when we're in church. I had never sung. I mean, I grew up Catholic, grammar school, high school, college. Here I am, I, I'm a lawyer in my mid-40s. They want me to sing in church on Sunday and at any event in church. Well, I got a lousy voice. I don't sing well, and I didn't want to sing. And I had a major war with my pastor. Uh, he insisted I sing. He stood beside me one Sunday at Mass. And I, we, I bawled, I bawled. I didn't sing, and he embarrassed me. And then we had it out afterwards. Uh, so I don't think change is good. Leave everything alone uh, when it comes to religion. Just leave everything alone. The Catholic Church has more important things to worry about. Pedophilia is still out there. They weren't paying attention, and that's why in the last 20 years we had pedophilia. Uh, we have divorces. People are divorced more than they, now than they ever were in the history of the Catholic Church. They can't receive the sacraments. Why? Got to work that out. We still have birth control as an issue. It's still considered a sin. Uh, these issues aren't being addressed. They're just letting them drift along for years. Birth control was an issue back in the late 50s when I first got married. Uh, so that's so much for the Lord's Prayer. Now we come to that geniuses of geniuses. Uh, I don't know who thinks he's smarter, whether it's Donald Trump or Kim Jong-un, North Korea's leader, Kim Jong-un. This guy's, what, 32 years old? He's smart. He thinks he is. He knows everything. He came out in a, couple, a couple of days ago boasting, boasting, that he can control the weather. He didn't say how, but he says, don't worry, folks. I can control the weather. This guy's really nuts, and he continues to worry me. I worry about a war. Uh, we have our generals in Washington. One of them said this week, be careful. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to war. Uh, makes me very, very uncomfortable because a war will be a nuclear war. And I don't know if our concern in this country is that great. I think Trump would love to have a war with anybody. I'm beginning to think he's a war president. He wants to prove to everybody what a big, tough guy he is. So these two nuts are going to go face-to-face, -face, and one of them is going to misread the other, and a bomb or two, a nuclear bomb or two, is going to fall. Let me talk about Pakistan. Understand that Pakistan has the nuclear bomb. They've had them. Now, they're supposed to be our ally, and we're their ally. They're our friend. We're their friend. Uh, well, we're not so close. And some of this has to do with Donald Trump again. The Air Force, the Pakistani Air Force, has been ordered to shoot down United States drones as they pass over, if they do, Pakistani territory, okay? Uh, Pakistan claims this is a violation of their sovereignty, and it is because they don't have permission to do it. 
They've been told not to do it. And why is all this coming up? Pakistan, number one, the people are pissed off at the United States. The only way to put it, because as we flew our planes over Pakistan to bomb Afghanistan, which is on the other side of Pakistan, not all the bombs from our planes fell in Afghanistan. A lot fell in Pakistan at the border, and many Pakistanis have been killed as a result of those bombings. Pakistan says, United States, stop it. You shouldn't fly. Trump ignores it and keeps flying our planes over and the drones. So, And the government of Pakistan is concerned about a revolution. The government itself, they feel that they, another Arab Spring, like Egypt had, could, could pop up and overthrow the government, which would make things even worse for that whole, whole area. Uh, so not helping for some reason I, I can't recall why in august he spoke very harshly about uh, pakistan i think it was on my recollections back it was because of them saying don't fly your planes over our land anymore to bomb anybody and he went on tv trump and set up yours in effect and also they don't believe that the united states word can be relied upon any longer that is the show for this week hope you have enjoyed uh, watch my Key West Lou live video on Facebook every day, a couple of minutes. I talk about whatever moves me. My book, Irma and Me, is available for purchase on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo Books. Pick it up. Christmas present. Uh, light reading, humorous, really, about the hurricane, but Irma and Me. Thank you for joining me this uh, night. I always be i'm always happy being with you and i look forward to being with you again next week with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.